You're listening to Advancing Our Church. Welcome to Advancing Our Church, a Changing Our World podcast about Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. And I'm your host, Jim Friend. Well, welcome back, everybody, and thanks for downloading our podcast today. As I record this episode, I'm just coming off of two days with the National Leadership Roundtable and their annual summit in Washington, D.C. And I had the opportunity to be there with over 200 Catholic professionals who are bishops, executive directors of Catholic nonprofits, presidents, principals, donors, financial managers, really people from all different disciplines, but all of whom brought a tremendous passion and expertise and dedication to the mission of the Catholic Church. The topic for the summit was the abuse crisis, and we talked about things like financial management, management of people, transparency, engaging young people, and a variety of other topics that sparked tremendous conversation from the participants that was open and frank. And the results of those conversations will be a report that will be produced by the Roundtable in the coming months. And very soon on an upcoming episode, I'll be featuring an interview with Carrie Robinson, who is the global ambassador and former executive director of the Roundtable. And we'll be talking about Carrie's impressions of the conference and reflections on some of the discussion that was held at the conference. And so I look forward to bringing that to you shortly. And then in a couple of months, when the report is published on the recommendations, we'll be bringing you an interview with Kim Smolik, the CEO of the Roundtable. And we'll be talking about the reports and the recommendations that will be brought to the USCCB and to the church that came out of the last couple of days and the deliberations, and both the implications and the implementation of those recommendations. So I look forward to that dialogue with Kim Smolik. And while I was at the roundtable, I had the opportunity to meet with Christina Lamas. Christina is the executive director for the National Federation for Catholic Youth Ministry in the United States. Uh, And Christina is based in Washington, D.C. We talked about her terrific Archbishop, Archbishop Nelson Perez, who is also the Episcopal moderator for the National Federation, uh, and the great board that she has and the work that they're doing in dioceses and parishes around the country. Uh, I really enjoyed my time with Christina, and I think you'll learn a lot about the National Federation. So that will also be coming to you in an upcoming episode. Today's topic is fundraising, and I'm bringing to you Mike Hutchinson. So with all that said, let's get to work. Today, we're talking with Mike Hutchinson. Mike is a managing director for Changing Our World. Mike brings over 18 years of experience in management and nonprofit fundraising experience. And Mike has worked with dioceses and parishes and Catholic schools, as well as higher education institutions and other kinds of nonprofits. And so without further ado, here's our conversation. Well, today we're here with Mike Hutchinson. Mike is a managing director for Changing Our World. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jim. Good to be here. Thought we'd grab you for a little conversation about getting our pastors comfortable with asking for money. Something I think that we all uh, we all work with our pastors. We know that, and you know, one of the common things we hear from pastors is that you know I I wasn't trained to ask for money in the in the seminary. It's not something I'm necessarily comfortable with. And I think part of our roles as campaign directors, as fundraisers, uh, is to help our pastors, our priests, feel comfortable asking their community for financial support. So. You know, a number of different ways that we do that. I invited Mike to be on the podcast today because he has a lot of experience in 
working with pastors to help them uh, feel comfortable with asking for funds and, and getting them ready to ask their community for funds, right? So, you know, one of the things that uh, we talked about recently on the podcast, we had Dave Baranowski from St. Louis on the podcast, was about uh, stewardship and the theology of stewardship, feeling comfortable uh, making uh, the ask within the context of biblical stewardship, understanding that everything we have right, is a gift from God. And so uh, as stewards of those gifts, we're called to give a portion, you know, of our finances, of our resources back to the work and to the ministry of our church. And I think, you know, part of the, the opportunity for us as, uh, as, as priests, as lay people, as uh, fundraisers is to lay out those opportunities where parishioners can commit their financial resources to the work of their parish. But uh, Mike, you know, let me, let me just kind of throw it out to you. How do you start by trying to help a pastor feel comfortable in his role in um, in asking for money? I think it's always a challenging thing, whether you're talking to a pastor, a volunteer, you know, in whatever the organization might be. It doesn't feel like a natural thing to talk about money, to ask for money especially. And so, you know, we, we need to work on generating that comfort in a number of different ways. I think with the church, the helpful thing is that we're typically approaching people who are already generous to the parish. And that means that there's there's a real inclination there, and it must be something that they feel passionately about. We certainly hope so. And that's something that feels good for them. Right, so you're starting with that baseline of knowing, okay, let's assume that they want to do this. If this is something that they're financially able to do, they'll want to help out. And so that hopefully helps people feel a little bit better about even broaching the subject because we know we're asking them to support something that they're passionate about. Um, you know, From there, you take it from the, the relationship that the pastor has with that family. And, you know, Father, how well do you know them? Is this somebody that you socialize with? You know, what do you know about their background? Do you know what they're passionate about in particular? Or is this something that you're coming into, you know, re relatively unknown and you just know them as you would any other parishioner who sits in the pew every Sunday? And so you try and figure out from him, what you know, how can we guide this conversation? What are some of the conversation starters? What are some things that we want to explore uh, in this conversation? And, and let's see how they react to it doesn't mean that you have to know. Um, and then I think for for any pastor that's going out to talk about fundraising, to talk about uh, money, it's an opportunity for a pastoral visit. And you know, you never know where the conversation's gonna go, but anytime you have a chance to sit down with uh, with a priest, you know, that's an opportunity for you to talk about whatever's on your mind. And so, if, you know, if nothing else, Father, you're gonna go and you're gonna have a good conversation for the next half an hour, an hour with, with this person or this couple, you're gonna learn more about them. So let's just start from there. Let's just take the money piece of it out. You know, we're just talking one human to another. And uh, this is, a, you know, most of this conversation, probably 90% of this conversation, you've had a million times before. So let's focus on that part. We'll worry about the 10% part of the conversation where we're asking for the money later. I think that's so true. I mean, when you think about, um, I'm sure that you've experienced many times where you go in for a visit uh, for an, when you're ready to make the ask, and then you know the meeting probably takes a, a right turn or a left turn depending on the uh, <laughs> the situation. But um, but it can turn into a real moment where you you find out that there are needs happening ha needs with that family uh, that you weren't aware of because you took the opportunity to make that visit. Have you experienced that? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or sometimes you, you may think that the visit is going very poorly and they have a lot to tell you, a lot of feedback, which may not all be positive. 
And so they want to get that off their chest and they kind of clear the air and take a deep breath. And then all of a sudden it's, okay, what, what did you want to talk about, Father? You know, and just giving people that outlet and, and a chance to be heard and to, you know, to provide that feedback to you, I think is really important. So even if it feels like we're, we're getting off on the wrong foot, sometimes we're not. But, you know, I think that when you talk about fundraisers, a pastor's in the perfect position to be able to read a situation and guide it. You're going to know when you get that right turn, you know, it may be very clear, okay, this is not a fundraising visit anymore. We're going to, you know, put our other hat on and we're going to switch gears and we're going to take care of that because that's what's pressing right now. Um, other times, you know, there may be some things that we talk about that we take a little tangent and we come back and, and we know it's okay to uh, to proceed with the, the strategy that we laid out. So I think, you know, you really have to trust your gut. And I think for the most part, people are well equipped to be able to do that. It's really helpful, too, what you're saying about um, getting more information from them. Uh, because when, when you're sitting there having that conversation with them, uh, sometimes you'll find out more about what they're interested in. And, of course, like you said, uh, you might find out what they're not happy about either. And that's not always easy, especially if you haven't been the pastor for a long time and you wind up finding maybe you're apologizing for things that you had nothing to do with. But but I've, I've always found that with parishioners, with anybody, really, a donor, uh, it, it gives them the opportunity to vent, to get it out on the table, and to be heard. And sometimes that's really what people are looking for. Is you look at the climate that we're in now in, you know, in the Catholic Church, there's a lot of people that need to be heard. And um, you know, those of us who have worked in ministry, people who are working in the church, I think uh, we have to be the ones to listen. Uh, and if not us, then who, right? So we have to we have to be that shoulder and and uh, and that voice and and also offer up what are we doing now differently you know uh, to make sure that that what happened in the past maybe didn't happen again or that we've corrected issues and you know from the previous administration yeah i think that's always true you, you need to be a good listener an active listener and and sometimes what you're listening to is not what you want to be hearing and that's right. okay you just have to you know, accept it for what it is, and, and maybe it's a teachable moment for you, or maybe it's a chance to, to educate and provide them with some context or some information that maybe they don't know or don't understand fully. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it may be a chance to, to change perspective, uh, perspectives and minds on issues that even though they feel very strongly about them, there may still be a little bit of wiggle room to change. Um, so not that it's our job to change people's minds. Um, you right. know, we, we talked about earlier in the training today, I mean, it, giving should feel good. That's the whole point of it. Otherwise, no one's going to do it. And so we want them to feel good. We want them to give to things that they're passionate about. Um, but that's not to say that education can't be part of the process. And we want to make sure that even if it's not for this particular need or this conversation, you know, if you're planting the seed for, for steps down the road, you know, starting to guide someone's perception and really open them up to, to some things that maybe they're, um, misperceived about or, um, you know, just have some room for growth. And if we can help guide them, that's a great thing. And, you know, one of the things that's so key to fundraising in any organization is certainly leadership, right? So as we, you know, a few, I guess maybe about a month ago, we talked about developing your case for support. And, you know, as, as we look at, uh, you know, pastors that need to on an annual basis, ask their parishioners to think about what they give to the weekly offertory, but also pastors that are thinking about future campaigns, you know, leadership just plays such a critical role. And I've, I've often found that when, you know, you come in to do a campaign or work with a pastor on a particular project, you know, his leadership kind of permeates throughout the parish. And so uh, it's so critical that, you know, as as a pastor thinks about, you know, doing a campaign in the future, 
that uh, almost like you have to get your house in order. You know, what are what are the priorities? You know, both now and for the future. What are the needs? And have I kind of listened to? And do I have? Is there an opportunity for my parishioners to kind of? give me their opinions and thoughts about what those needs are. How have you facilitated ways in which, you know, a pastor can seek his parishioner's support so that he could get ready for a campaign? You know, I think it, it happens pretty naturally anytime you sit down with someone across the table. And so there are a lot of opportunities to hear from their point of view, because, you know, unlike a lot of positions, this is one where you literally have the pulpit every week, at least, and you're able to get up there and talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. And, uh, and, you know, that's a pretty amazing opportunity when you think about it. And so they're used to hearing from you. They're not used to that necessarily giving that feedback or doing the talking. And so, you know, it's a it's a good forum to do that if you're sitting down across the table. Um, I think what's interesting in in looking at which pastors are comfortable and succeed at fundraising, they're, they're just the ones you think would. And part of the reason they're so successful at fundraising is that they're good communicators they're very thoughtful about their vision for their parish and how they're engaging people and they're you know, very transparent and what it is that we're trying to do as a community. And so when you do all of that week after week after week, you know, making the ask is almost an afterthought. I mean, it seems like such a logical thing to do. This is the next step that we're taking in order to do it. We need some funding. Would you like to help us do that? I think the bigger challenge is you know, for pastors that don't necessarily have that natural affinity to communication, that maybe don't exactly see where their parish is going, it makes it much more difficult. And so I think having conversations around fundraising, I would like to think maybe this is a little bit too ambitious, but can help them in their role as pastor and leader of the parish. You know, we're talking about what the needs are, where we need to go, where the, you know, the areas of investment are most needed and will make the biggest impact. And you've got to turn that back around and see, oh, here's my plan for the parish. You know, I never thought about it. I never committed it to paper. I've never talked to people about it. And so maybe he gets to go out and, and test run this on a couple of people before he goes out and, and talks from the pulpit. And so that's a great opportunity for him to get that feedback and realize, oh, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, now I've heard two people. I've heard three people. I've heard four people give me the same feedback. Maybe it's time that I reconsider. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that um, one of the common characteristics I've found when pastors feel comfortable asking for money is that they just come to this realization that I'm not asking for this for me. You know, uh, well, some pastors spend five, six, seven years at a parish before and then they move on some a little longer. But they know that eventually they're going to leave, right? That whatever they're asking for is not for them, but for the betterment of the community, for the future of the community. Uh, and I think so sometimes just before you're making that ask or getting ready to make that ask, just reminding yourself that, you know, to take the uncomfortable piece out of it, this isn't for me. This is for my community. And then when you put that lens on it, then you realize, well, yeah, I'm the steward of this community. I, I'm, I have to shepherd the gifts. I have to uh, shape, help to shape the future, or attempt to anyway, and uh, and part of that is inviting the gifts of the community because they have just as much ownership of this community, maybe even more than I do as pastor. Because these guys, you know, the parishioners, they may be here for the rest of their lives, or at least the next twenty years. And yeah, absolutely. And and any fundraising, I mean, if you're if you're soliciting the gift to put it in your pocket and walk away, then we've got a big problem. And right. So, <laughs> you know, you always have that to fall back on. This yeah. is not about me. This is yeah. about the mission of the organization, the mission of the church. And so that's a great thing. I think the other thing that we 
constantly point back to is that there's a model for all of this. Right. You know, chances are every Sunday you're sitting in a building that you probably didn't build, or maybe you did, and, and you know what that means and what the impact of that is. Um, you know, all the future generations have built up what we have and sacrificed to, to give us what we have. And so it seems like such a logical conversation to say, have you ever thought about it? Maybe it's your turn. Right. You know, and this is your chance to do something for future generations, just like others have done for you. And so I think it does make it a little bit easier to have that conversation when you frame it that way. Uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about the stewardship mm -hmm. side of it and the spiritual side of it. You know, I think some some pastors are very good at, at framing it that way mm -hmm. and really encouraging people to bring prayer into this. And, the, you know, there's nothing that we're doing that isn't God's intention. Right. And so just kind of posing all of this to um, to God and allowing him to guide what it is that we're doing with the gifts we've been given. So maybe that's, mm -hmm. I think some are, are really able to articulate that well and in a way that it resonates with people. I worked with a pastor once who said that um, he was doing his parishioners a favor by asking them to, ask, to support this parish. That he was actually going to, he was helping them get into heaven because he was asking them to share their gifts with the community. And so I just thought that was always, it's kind of funny when you think about it, but it's also a beautiful way of looking at your role as pastor, as the steward of the, of the gifts that are actually sitting in the pews, and as a way of people uh, sacrificing uh, in their own lives to get to heaven. And so, I mean, I think stewardship, we're all called to stewardship. We all know that we come into this world with nothing and we leave with nothing. And, and that um, I, I do think that there is kind of a beautiful spirituality about inviting uh, inviting the parishioners' gifts into the community, but also saying, hey, you know what? If I wasn't doing this, uh, I, I might not be doing my job, right? Because uh, I'd be shortchanging the community and I might be shortchanging you of an opportunity uh, you might have to, to uh, access the kingdom of God in a different way. <laughs> Boy, I wish we could all say that. Wouldn't that make our jobs a little easier? Again? <laughs> you know, uh, a good friend and, and colleague of mine always says that when you're talking about someone's faith and you're talking about someone's money, those are really personal things. And when you put them together, it's a pretty, it's a pretty intense conversation. Um, but, you know, where, where else are you able to tell someone to go home and, and pray on it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and just that's your discernment. You know, it doesn't have to be just your decision alone. And I think that's a really amazing thing that um, comes best from someone wearing the collar. I had one pastor who got up and said, the good news is we have all the money we need for this project. The bad news is it's still in your wallets. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, I think giving parishioners the opportunity to share their gifts is obviously the key to today's uh, message in our podcast, but there certainly are a lot of theological references in, in Scripture, and we'll make sure we put some links to that on the podcast, on the website, in the show notes, uh, so that you can take a look at them. And certainly, uh, I would encourage you to listen to uh, the podcast we did on Dave Baranowski and, and stewardship, and we're going to have Dave back again sometime in the future. So, Mike, when you're thinking about uh, working with pastors here uh, in stewardship or, or, you know, maybe there's somebody who's listening to the podcast who's kind of not sure if this is a path he wants to go down, what are some of the, what are some of the good reasons why uh, he should think about uh, getting more comfortable with making the ask in, in fundraising? I think initially going back to the idea of it feels good for people to give to something they're passionate about. And so, therefore, if you're the facilitator of that, and you're helping them to realize these opportunities and to make the kind of impacts that makes them feel joyful, then hopefully some of that comes back to you. 
and and you know again it's not for you um it's for the parish it's for the good of of something greater and so um, you know, that's that's a really valuable and rewarding thing that that you can take home with you at the end of the day. I think, practically speaking, though, you know, you might think this is just something that we do in a campaign. And so I only have to worry about fundraising every five or 10 years. And, you know, why am I going to invest my time and energy in something that I'm going to use so infrequently? But when you think about all the opportunities you have to engage someone, especially in ways that involve soliciting their their financial support, but in other ways as well. Uh, you know, every year there's an opportunity to have um, parishioners step forward and offer leadership support to the annual appeal for the diocese. Mm -hmm. There are projects that come up that maybe don't require a, a full-blown campaign, um, but maybe one or two donors who are really, really passionate about that in the parish could step up if asked in the right way and given that opportunity, make things happen for the benefit of everyone. Uh, and, and then just creating these relationships. I mean, one of the hardest things about fundraising is that you don't want to just show up and start asking for money or talking about money. You know, you only come to me when you need something. Well, this is your opportunity to start building relationships in different ways. And so I, I don't encourage priests to, to look at the uh, the offertory support when determining which relationships to build. But, right. you know, <laughs> surely you're out there and you're having lunches and dinners and you're yeah. running into people in the community and you're learning about them and their lives. And, and so this is, you know, in some ways it's just an extension of that. And maybe they're looking for these opportunities or maybe they need to challenge themselves in ways. And it's just one more, let's say, tool in your toolbox that you can use for, you know, for helping to, to guide people through their spirituality and through life. I, I agree, and you know, I think there are a number of different w supports that uh, a pastor can put in place at his parish that would help him feel more comfortable asking for money, right? So, for example, uh, having an active finance council to advise him on the finances of the parish, and, and usually that's canon law or diocesan rule or what have you, that they have to have a finance council and they have to have a budget. But usually that's kind of your trusted advisors of folks who are helping you discern uh, challenges on the buildings. And so when a parishioner comes to you, and when you come to a parishioner and ask them for funds, then you have some experts behind you to help back up that, yes, this is a need that we have identified. And I have a group of parishioners who are advising me, somebody you know, from accounting or finance or a CFO or a CEO or a local small business owner that are you know, taking a look at the parish finances and, and helping me make these, these good decisions. Another support you know, might be just an active pastoral council. You know, it's representative of the various ministries of the parish and the ways in which we serve our community and then hearing from them. Uh, so I, I think there are supports that a pastor can put in place so that he has garnered support from the community, he's garnered the input from the community, and so that when it comes to the time to ask for funds, whether it's for the uh, the annual, uh, the weekly offertory or the Bishop's Annual Appeal or a capital campaign that you know, he has other voices because it's so important. I mean, you know, when you do a campaign or an increased offertory program, it shouldn't just be the pastor asking for money, right? It sh there should be a lay person like you and me getting up saying, you know, I give to this parish because it's important to me and my wife and I think about what we give uh, on an annual basis. And you know, I've actually given that, that talk a couple of times in my own parish because they know what I do for a living. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, just from the heart, you know, and it's not, it's not a logical thing. 
It's not something I think about, well, crunching numbers. Certainly I have to look at how much I can give. That is a crunching number thing. But but it's it's about my passion. It's about my commitment to my parish. It's about a commitment to my faith. And it's really about making a return out of gratitude and in faith for the gifts that I have been given. You know, that God has, uh, I mean, I can talk on a personal note that, you know, God has taken care of our little family. He allowed you know, my wife to be at home for a number of years while I traveled and, you know, had this crazy life of a fundraiser and we have family that's, you know, thousands of miles away. And so um, God take, could, could, took care of the little friend family. And so why wouldn't I, you know, want to do something to return and say thank you for that, you know, and, and hopefully help somebody uh, who was either less fortunate or just to help continue the mission of the church. I think you need to find people in your parish who are able to tell that story and are willing to share that story on a personal note, whatever their story might be. Um, and I, I think that can be, I, so I think finding those kinds of supports, people who are willing to be on your parish stewardship committee, willing to help you uh, account for the funds. Uh, we have a nice little group at our parish that kind of looks at, we have somebody from the finance, somebody from the pastoral council. I help sit on the stewardship committee, you know, just as a group of us who are kind of helping advise the pastor on these kinds of things. I think those supports are really critical. I think it's critical on both ends. And when you think about the pastor, giving him the confidence to go out and make these requests, knowing that this isn't just his idea, but this is something that leaders in the parish have, have worked on and worked with him on over uh, a period of time. And so I think that's really helpful. And certainly from the donor's perspective, you want to know that you're investing in, in the right areas that are going to make the biggest impact on the church. And so... You know, knowing that Father is thoughtful about engaging others and has these councils or these groups of people that he can rely on and, and provide him feedback hopefully gives you even more confidence in knowing that the gift will be well used. Yeah, absolutely. Any final thoughts on the conversation, Mike? I think it's been uh, I think it's been a good conversation. I, I hope that what if a pastor is listening, that he'll uh, just think about you know what are the supports I need. You know, if I'm uncomfortable asking for funds, uh, what what kind of you know one thing we didn't talk about is transparency and certainly the need to reflect you know and uh, our our um, the budget and answer questions about the budget. Uh, in some form or fashion throughout the one, once or twice throughout the year to make sure that parishioners are informed of the parish finances so that, again, we can speak. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily have to be the pastor getting up to give that report. It could be the chairman of your finance committee, but that transparency is so important. But really, I think the, the crux of this conversation is, you know, how do I find, how do I surround myself with people that help me be comfortable in this role? And then how do I foster those relationships? Sort of what time am I willing to invest to get out and get to know people on a personal level and understand what's important to them so that that translates into more better, a better community and, and ha giving them opportunities to share their gifts. Well, we had a colleague this morning that said, you're not going to find money under your desk, and so you better get out there and start <laughs> looking for it somewhere else. And so I think, right. you know, I, I would imagine that applies to a shepherd as well. And if, if you're the shepherd of, you know, of these parishioners, then what better way to, to lead them to be out there and interacting with them on a regular basis? And and I would just add one more support, other than calling on your friendly fundraising consultant, who's always happy to help. <laughs> sure. But, you know, looking for those peer examples and, you know, can you find other priests in your diocese or even outside that you know are very comfortable with this or have been very successful and learning from them, you know, either by just sort of watching and, and following along or just seeking their, their feedback and their insights in general. I think a lot of times it, it means more coming from a peer than it does from 
from other sources and so don't be afraid to to go out and, and find role models if this is something that you're willing to to really invest time and energy into I think um, it's maybe on a closing note and you hate to close on I don't want to make this a negative note, but I think that, you know, the environment that we're in right now in the Catholic Church and all that's been in the news recently can cause some clergy to maybe feel like this is the wrong time to ask for money. And, uh, you know, I, I had a, a priest say to me recently that, uh, you know, the church has been faced with these kinds of uh, situations, maybe not this kind of unprecedented situation, but difficult situations in, in the past. And, and good leaders have to, at times like this, not shy away, but lean in, you know, and not back away. But now is the time maybe when we should be asking more for people to get involved with their community, to develop those relationships more, and to get ourselves uh, in a situation where we're having that dialogue. I know that uh, it's not always comfortable, it's not always easy, but uh, it is so necessary and vital for the, to continue the mission of the church today. I'm, I'm, I don't think anybody who's listening to the podcast would disagree. No, and, and you always say there's never a good time uh, to sure. do this, and I think that that's true, which means that there's there's always it's or it's always a good time to do it, mm -hmm. and um, you know you you always have to be out there assuming that people believe what you believe and are passionate about what you believe in, and those are the people that you seek. Um, some may not be, and that's okay. That's their path, and and just keep focusing on those that are to willing to join you and and to keep uh, fighting the good fight. Mike, thanks for being on the podcast today. It was great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Jim. It was great speaking with you. I want to thank Mike for being on our show today. What a great conversation it was. I learned a lot from Mike and his great experience, and I hope you did as well. Uh, for more information about Mike Hutchinson, you can visit us at changingourworld.com, and uh, you'll find more information about Mike Hutchinson and all of our fundraising executives at Changing Our World. Thanks again, Mike. Uh, it was great having you on the show. We'll have you on again real soon. Well, that's our show this week. Many thanks to the Changing Our World podcast team and to Pottery Studios for their support of our show. If you'd like more information about our show, please visit us at advancingourchurch.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Advancing Our Church is a production of Changing Our World, and we are a fundraising and social impact consulting firm that has been advising both nonprofits and corporations for the past 20 years. And if you'd like more information about us, you can visit us at changingourworld.com. Well, that's it for me, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this season of Lent, and thanks to all of you who are advancing our church. Have a great week, everybody. God bless.